Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. This week, we have our returning guest, Edie Allen, for the second part of this episode. This episode is not appropriate for children, so please make sure to only listen when children are not present. Today, Dan Moore will interview our lovely guest, Edie Allen. She is an empowerment and transformational coach, as well as a brave storyteller. If you didn't already hear her story of self-recreation last week, make sure to listen to that first. With a heart devoted to helping others heal, Edie created a boutique healing practice in 1997 to assist people in a process she calls Shed, Shift, and Shine. On this episode, she will focus on the healing process. Would you maybe share with with our listeners what you consider maybe the most powerful or a couple of the most powerful parts of your own healing process? The the conclusions, the, the light bulbs that went off that helped move you forward. Absolutely. One was I I recognized that at some point the child inside myself was neglected by me. And I was I was playing out patterns in my life with relationships um, that were not (laughs) working out so well for me. I was, as I said, I was numbing my own pain there for a long time. There was a segment of time where I was just hiding and numbing and and playing it small. And um, one day I came across a book that was called The Inner Child Dialogues. And the premise of the book was to connect with your inner child so that your inner child could kind of give you this information about yourself. So the first day, the suggestion is to wake up early in the morning and write to your inner child, good morning, inner child, how are you feeling today? And whatever your inner child says, your response is, thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. No matter what they say, thank you for telling me that. And build, and it's to build trust with your inner child. So I was excited. And the first day I woke up. And now, mind you, at this time, I am desperate. I'm homeless. <laughs> I'm living in California. Uh, I drove out there for a job that disappeared on my way out there. Mm-hmm. And so I had no home to live in when I got there because that fell apart. I had just had a miscarriage with someone that I thought I was in love with and going to spend my life with. That person had just exited my life without a conversation about it. I had just put my dog down. I was like a walking, talking country Western song. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was desperate and I'm in California and, uh, you know, had these dreams of being an actress and I'm like here and I'm California and I, have I'm I'm house sitting for this girl and babysitting her dog as a way of having a place to live and a little bit of money so that I can eat. And I find this book, The Inner Child Dialogue. I'm like, this is going to be great. It's going to be the answer to all my problems. And so the first day 
I wake up and good morning, inner child. How are you feeling today? Nothing. No response. No response. Day two. And, and I just wrote, thank you, for tell, thank you for telling me that. The second day, same thing. And I started realizing that I had made myself invisible as a child. I used to practice being invisible and I got good at it. And how in the world am I going to make my dreams come true if I'm invisible? And, and how am I going to help this child heal if she's invisible? So the third day she showed up and she looked like she'd been raised by wolves. She was dirty. Her clothes were ill-fitting. She was barefoot. She was scared and shaking. And I just burst into tears because I, I, I came, I, I met her. You met you. I met me. My, my spirit, my little child spirit, my little wounded one, my scared one. And I just said, oh, thank you for telling me that. And I just held her and held me and, and let myself experience that connection of that little child. And then I started that dialogue and just would ask her questions. And no matter what she told me, I would say, thank you for telling me that. I began to build a trust with my, myself. And I started growing and maturing in different parts of myself. Like my 14-year-old showed up and taught me something magical and incredible. And my, my 23-year-old showed up and taught me, told me something about myself. And all these different facets of myself that I had been neglecting and, 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 or just so busy trying to make it, just so busy trying to be successful or be something or be uh, meaningful or, or just, or be anything besides what I, what I had been that I didn't, that I didn't like. So about two years ago, I, I gave up drinking. I gave up numbing and between the inner child work that I do and that I continue to do and that I sought other programs to help me heal my inner child and my my teenager that's quite rebellious. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I continued doing that kind of work. And then coupled with my sobriety, that's also how I came to connect with Stephen is through recovery and working a very strong, beautiful recovery program that has just helped me heal and helped me be whole. And from that, I, I started working on a program It's called the four pieces of hope that make us whole. And the H of hope stands to me for honoring ourselves, honoring ourselves, no matter what, even when others are not honoring us, if we can honor ourselves, and that's through self-care and self-love and self-compassion, then we can have the capacity to honor others and do those things for them. O stands for being open-hearted, being willing to forgive others who've harmed us, not justifying it, not letting it be okay, but honestly giving them love. I think forgiving is an act of giving, forgiving love and the space to heal. Mm-hmm. That's how I see forgiving. And also being open-hearted and open-minded. I think that O piece is very powerful. P stands for persevering getting back up on that horse, being, being courageous. I think courageous has two parts. 
people have often told me, you know, that I was courageous and, and that's, that is a feeling for sure uh, that I can tap into when I look at some of the things that I've done, but it's when I've been bold, bold to me is the action of courage. And when we're ready to take courageous action and we allow ourselves to be bold so that we can make a difference in the world, that I think is very powerful. And then E stands for evolving. It's so important for us to grow and we can get stagnant and we can get mediocre and we can get lazy and we can get, we can get scared and we can, we can uh, allow ourselves to kind of stay stopped and we can wallow there and it will never feel good. And so for me, the day that I decided that I wanted to feel everything I could feel, the good and the bad, that meant if I can feel, then I can deal. Hmm. And if I can deal, I can heal. And so that was behind the decision to stop drinking because I wanted to be able to feel everything and, and or doing anything that's kind of a numbing thing. So, um, so evolving to me is, is what happens when we choose consciousness. When we choose to be conscious, then we naturally grow. We naturally evolve. And I love the, the thought of all of us being happy on purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I use a little an acronym for, for hope. Happy on purpose every day. I choose thoughts that feel a little bit better than the ones that I'm having. And that puts me into the space of alignment, alignment with my inner guidance, my, my source energy, the mm-hmm. God in me, I consider source energy. And I, I tap into that source when I am, am wanting to be happy on purpose every day. And when I choose consciousness and, and, and awareness, then I can really be with you, really be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's remarkable, Edie, because you're speaking directly to me. And I know you're speaking to thousands and having such a tremendous impact. Um, you have, you've connected with that child because you were denied the ability to be a child mm-hmm. and, and the, 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 process of getting there uh, can recreate the wonder of what it means to, to be a child and the fun and, and the laughter and the silliness. That's right. Um, and it's inspiring that, that you've done that. One of the things that I love to ask her is, you know, what do you want to do today? Every day when I talk to my inner child, what do you want to do today? And if she says, I want to go to Disney World, then we go to Disney World. We, we take an imaginary trip to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I ask her if she wants to bring friends. Sometimes she does. Sometimes it's just me. But that, that allows me to live in the wonder with her and recreate my childhood in a way that feels energizing and it feels powerful and, and it fuels me. It fuels me. And I believe that the cells of our body start responding to the new memories we give them. Mm-hmm. There's neuroscience to prove what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
that we can give our brains new neural pathways. And they like those pathways because they, there's a path of least resistance. Our body is more in harmony with those things that feel good. And, it, and our cells respond to those things. And so I love the science behind the spirituality and the spirituality behind the science. I just, I love all of it. <laughs> they are, they're all one and the same, just different aspects, different attributes. Um, your, your willingness to get up and speak and share uh, empowers others to, to speak and share. And I feel like you take that as a serious responsibility. What, what would you think in general for all of us should be our greatest responsibility in society. To be conscious. To be conscious. I think our, our greatest responsibility is to recognize the choices that we make impacts other human beings. And to have an awareness, to, to want to be aware, to want to be aware of how my choices might impact you. If they are positive, so be it more choices like that. If my choices impact you negatively, then I have a responsibility. And I love breaking down the word responsibility. We have the ability to respond. Mm -hmm. And we, and with that ability to respond, if we, if we are conscious, meaning mindful, meaning present, meaning uh, caring, meaning kind, then, then we're going to care about uh, our impact on humanity, on children, on coworkers, on employees, on our bosses, on our spouses. We're going, we're going to, um, not only are we gonna be aware of our impact on them, but we can deliberately have impact on them. And when we're conscious, we can deliberately make our make their lives better by wanting to be the best of ourselves. Being the best of myself means being conscious with my choices, mm -hmm. consciously choosing and and tapping into um, how that's going to feel, how that feels and how it might feel for others. The intentionality. Of yes. just knowing that this is something I can control and that can influence first me and then influence others. That's I'm right. So about that. That's right. Because I know, I mean, there was definitely a time when I was not conscious in the world and I was a victim. There were years where I was victim, victim, martyr, victim, martyr. They play in the same sandbox. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I wanted to, it was time for me to evolve. It was time for me to grow. And so then I started coming to understand what consciousness was about and being mindful and meditating and giving myself space to heal, giving those critical voices space to just be instead of acting them out mm -hmm. or going into them, but just giving them space. Right. Edie, one of the most remarkable things that you said a few minutes ago is that you wanted to even create sources of help for people like Bill. Yes. And people like your mother, your your ability to have that compassion, that empathy for your persecutor uh, is astounding. But it's also part of the healing, I'm sure, until you can realize their flaws and hope that there's an outcome where they could become a better human. Then we're not as much human as we could be. But I find that a tremendous act of courage and grace on your part. Thank you. 
And, and I have some ideas about how that can work. I think if we can go into our prison systems where people are already in a safe environment and they're, in, they're incarcerated and they're in a safe environment and we offer them opportunities to share their secrets, mm-hmm. then when, when, they, when they come out of those environments, maybe they will be a little more healed. And maybe they will even want to help be a safe space for others to share their secrets with them. Maybe they will want to coach other other perpetrators on on how to heal and and why they are acting out these these acts of of, of power. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can turn that into something creative and turn it into something um, beautiful. And I, I think I really do believe that if we give people the opportunity to heal, they will. Now, there are some people who obviously are sick and, um, and have mental illnesses that will not be equipped to handle. They don't want to be well. There are people who don't want to be well or, or can't be well, I believe, and um, or, won't, or won't be willing to do the work that it would take. But I think that there is a tremendous population of people who who are are desperate for an opportunity to uh, to get better. And then if they can get better, what else can they do? What else can they do? Could they maybe be in service to others? Could they maybe share their stories or maybe uh, go into counseling and help counsel others? Maybe be a contributing member of society? The way that we are holding perpetrators accountable right now by labeling them and the things that we're doing, we're holding them in shame. We're holding them in a space that is not conducive to healing. Remorse and shame are very different. Hmm. Remorse gives me an opportunity to feel bad about what I've done and do something about it. Shame is crippling. There's no power in shame. There is no power in shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you've mentioned often becoming whole and helping inspire others to become whole. Would you characterize that as sort of the main focus of your work now is your, I love what you said, the four pieces of hope that make us whole and that you're, this is the messaging now that you're putting together in different ways to share. Is there a book coming in that uh, regard? Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. Um, yes. And um, the book is about um, the process of, of, um, of thawing. Hmm. And that when, when we are overpowered, like I was diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so there's this fight response, right? Hmm. And there's the, the, uh, flight response, meaning I will fight back or I will run. But when you are a child or when there's something greater or bigger, there's no running and there's no fighting. There's freeze. There's freeze. Our nervous system freezes. And in the freeze response, we, we can't do very much. Uh, we are literally frozen. And, and so then we can, then we start going through life frozen. And that is part of the numbing. And so for me, being whole was thawing out, mm-hmm. being able to thaw out and, and allow all of these pieces of, of myself, these facets of myself to 
um, be present and for me to kind of polish them up like a diamond, you know, like, like just polish all these little facets of myself so that I can shine as bright as I can. So I, the, the programs that I love working with as a life coach is to help people shed, shift and shine. They can shed the old beliefs, shed the old patterns and old habits and old behaviors, old limiting beliefs about themselves. And they can shift their energy and shift their mindset, shift gears so that we can shine like the lights that I believe we were all created to be. And we indeed were all created that way. And what you've shared with me personally and with all of our listeners is going to help to uncover that light. Um, Edie, I can't tell you how grateful we are and how much we appreciate you, not just for for what you do, obviously, but totally for who you are and what you represent to so many. This has been brilliant. And, Thank uh, you so much. That really landed right in my heart, Dan. And I will never forget this. I will cherish this experience with you forever. Thank you for your questions and very enlightening questions. And um, it's been a bit, very expansive conversation. So I, I'm grateful for it. Well, I am too. And I'm already figuring out how to pre-buy your book. Let us know when we can do that. I will. Thank you so much. Yes. And I have my website and people are welcome to go there and see some of the work that I do. What what is the website called? It's edallen.com. And um, you can be, you can view my seven minute talk from Janie's gala, the Janie's fund gala. Um, There you can see the talk. You can also uh, contribute and donate to Janie's fund if you'd like, and you can see some of the work that I do uh, and that I'm passionate about. So. I'm so grateful. Well, and, and just to prepare the viewers, if they do watch the talk, they get three seconds of Steven Tyler, but they get seven minutes of Edie Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. Thank you so much. It's really right. sweet. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.